KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Charlotte Reese. If you're in the market for a house, good luck. The housing market has been on fire, and it seems like it's just getting crazier. For sale signs are turning to sold signs in record timing, houses are being sold way above listing prices, all while a pandemic is happening. So, what exactly is going on? How long will this last? And should we be concerned about what happens after the boom? Ira Brownstein is the founder and president of Mortgage Country. Uh, Mortgage Country is an independent mortgage banker headquartered out of Bluebell, Pennsylvania. We're currently licensed in 13 states. And uh, we launched actually on basically the uh, starting point of the um, pandemic in April of 2020. This past year, and even right now, right, some people are calling what's happening right now a housing boom, while some people are calling it a housing bubble. I've even heard the term housing frenzy. But when it comes to the housing market this past year, how would you describe it? So, you know, I would describe it as, you know, frankly, a little bit of a catch up in the market. Um, so, you know, we spent probably about a decade in which home values have really been pretty static. I will say that you know, as long as I've been in this industry, which is now going on two decades, we have never seen demand anywhere near this level. Um, On a regular basis, we're hearing not just of multiple offers on homes, but, you know, homes in which there's 15, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 offers on homes and homes going significantly above asking price, which at face value can initially start to sound scary and concerning. But at the same breath and the same time, I think we just need to understand what the foundation is behind that, which is a tremendous amount of pent-up demand in the marketplace. And it really is, in part, a perfect storm, Charlotte. You know, if, if you think about what we've all been through over the last year, um, you know, I, I believe that one's home has never held so much value. Um, as a colleague said earlier today, you know, a home has become a place to learn. It's been a, a place to uh, provide some level of daycare, and certainly it's a place to work. And I think because of that, you know, it has in part accelerated and changed our perception of what our home is to us. And it's created just a tremendous amount of demand in the marketplace. Mm. Yeah, I like the way that you said that, because I think there is a ton of frustration right now. And especially with maybe that millennial generation, right? People just turning 30 in their early 30s, and they're looking at houses and maybe realizing that they can afford it, or maybe it's a little bit out of reach maybe too expensive. Some houses are selling even above, as you said, asking price. Is is that what you've seen or is your experience a little bit different when it comes to affording a house right now for people? Yeah. So I think, you know, in part, there's what I would call sticker shock or this kind of, you know, whisper down the lane or, you know, kind of rumor mill in that, you know, homes are definitely selling above asking price. But that is a function of supply and demand. And, you know, the supply is incredibly limited. It's incredibly pinched because, you know, after the financial crisis, this country built very, very, very few homes. And our industry has said for, you know, for now many, many years that the there has been this, you know, kind of great tidal wave coming at us with the millennial home buyers. This proposition that it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And, you know, it finally feels like honestly, it's here. And I know there's questions or concerns about a bubble. Um, I know there's questions and concerns about the sustainability of it. I was on with a real estate agent last evening for one of their clients. 
the client purchased the home sight unseen. Um, we've had many buyers that have actually purchased homes sight unseen. Um, we've had a handful in Florida. We had one in Virginia. We had one here locally in the main line. And it was the main line agent that I was speaking with. And it was a, a, um, a physician who was relocating here from out of state. And they had not had an opportunity to come in and see the house. The home itself sold for a significant amount over and above the asking price on the home. And there were 60 offers on the house. So when you think about whether or not there's sustainability in this market, that means there's 59 buyers that still need to buy a house on that single home. And I will tell you, that is what we're hearing, you know, literally day in and day out. And it does, it creates some level of frustration um, and some level of concern as to whether or not home buyers want to stay in this market or not. But I think when you hear about home buyers wanting to utilize the property for their personal use, and you know that's what we really emphasize to our clients. You know, you really cannot look at a home as the way you look at your retirement portfolio. You know, it's for personal use. It's for you to live in and enjoy and use. And if you look at the financial crisis and the housing bubble that kind of led up to the financial crisis back in the um, early 2000s, where I will tell you that you know at that point, similar to now. Um, we had our own independent mortgage company, and we thrived right through that financial crisis, you know, because we understood our customers. We understand our customers' needs, and we also did not do a lot of not not do a lot of, but did not do any of the esoteric products that were out there back then. You know, we lent in a way that was responsible. But you know, that market was very different because what drove that market was spec housing and people that were flocking and buying investment properties and hoping that they were going to go up twenty percent and thirty percent and forty percent. If you look at what's happening right now, it is radically different. It is people that want to live. You know, it's consumers that want to reside in these homes. And that creates a very, very, very different foundational spot for home values. And, you know, there's also some level of concern with the pandemic and with the forbearances. You know, back in the financial, you know, during the financial crisis, you know, delinquency rates on mortgages hit easily 15%. They were very high. There was a lot of unemployment. Stock market got chopped basically in half, if not more. You know, we're in a very different spot. You know, unemployment has come in in a very significant way. If you look at the value of your retirement account, it's gone up significantly. And, you know, the people that are frankly bidding on these houses are bidding them to live in them. And it's just, it's a different market. Mm -hmm. Right. As they say, unprecedented times, as we've heard over and over again, it's, it's a completely different game right now. And you mentioned people buying houses without even seeing the property. Is that kind of the biggest surprise for you over the past year? Or what are some other things that have happened that were kind of different from past years in the business? Yeah, you know, I can tell you, Charlotte, I, you know, it, it's the level of demand. It really is. You know, you know, you hear of bidding wars, but those bidding wars end up between two people. They end up between three people. They don't end up between... 10, 15, 20, 30, or 40 people. You know, there's so much confidence at this point on the seller side of the equation. The tables are definitely very, very tilted. Um, but, you know, at the same breath, I want to tell you that, you know, home buyers can definitely distinguish themselves. They definitely can stand out. I was with a young couple, frankly, on Monday. They were buying a secondary residence at a beach, a, a beach town in, in New Jersey. And, you know, they were very candid and they said that they got the house. Um, they obtained a mortgage. I think they borrowed 80%. Um, but they got the house because they went down there and they met with the sellers and the sellers really took to them and they could the sellers could relate to them. And frankly, they were a nice, young, lovely couple versus the other buyer who was aggressive 
and just not very nice. And it was kind of interesting to hear that there is this kind of humanistic component in today's market that, you know, it doesn't always have to go to the highest bidder, but home buyers do need to be able to stand out. Um, and they, you know, and, and sellers generally, especially if they're selling a home that they have great fond memories in, you know, they want to know that that person, you know, that's buying their home is going to cherish it just the way that they cherished it. But, you know, on the surprise side, it, it is, it's the level, the level of demand really, really makes you kind of pause and, and say, you know, gosh, how did we get here? How did this demand, you know, so drastically outstrip um, the supply? And guess what? You know, you have to push a lot of that on the pandemic, you know, and, and the value that, that frankly, individuals are putting on where they're living. And also, frankly, you know, the ability to, frankly, work remotely. You know, our business, well prior to the pandemic, was built on being able to hire the best people wherever they were located. We thought this whole commuting thing was highly inefficient. So we wanted to be able to hire and recruit, you know, the most talented people without any level of geographic limitations. And that level of mobility that the pandemic has now kind of basically created some level of norm, or at least what, what consumers believe to be the norm, has also been very transformative for home buyers. We see a lot of home buyers coming into Philadelphia from New York. We see a lot of home buyers going into Florida from New York. You have folks moving from Colorado down to Virginia because they can work remotely. You know, there's just a lot of, you know, it's created this very much um, kind of dynamic buying environment because, you know, the handcuffs that were on home buyers seems to be partially taken off. Mm -hmm. And it, it is going to be hard to predict because I think the workforce right now, that is a very unpredictable thing, right? How many people are actually going to come back into the office and will people be working from home for forever, as some companies have said? What do you think is going to be next in the next six months, if you can predict, or even the next year for people who want to both buy houses or are maybe tempted to sell? Yeah, you know, I think that our clients, you know, they're looking at the now. And I think the now is that they believe that the environment we're currently in is the new norm. And in part that if their employer doesn't necessarily concede, that there's gonna be enough employers that are in part going to concede. I see very little hesitation on home buyers around really kind of, you know, what, what it was like to work in an office 18 months ago. And as we move further and further away from that sense of normalcy, you know, I can tell you the kind of emotional component of the way home buyers are acting is, is definitely, it's changed. It's, it's changed. It's very different today than it was, you know, frankly, nine months ago. And, you know, we also see that in, in, in frankly, vacation communities. You know, you have a lot of consumers are saying, gosh, you know, I can work out of my vacation house now three, four days a week, five days a week, you know, maybe forever. And, you know, that is also very drastically driving up, um, you know, values and demand in these vacation communities. You know, we've never done so much lending at the beach. We've never done so much lending down in Florida, down in South Carolina, you know, down in uh, the New Jersey beaches, frankly, up in the Poconos. Um, it's incredible to see the amount of people that just have created this high level of interest in buying secondary residences as well. This pandemic, right, it affected basically everything in our lives. Can you give me maybe some of the biggest pain points that, you know, you've seen in your circles this past year? I mean, you mentioned, too, about how construction stopped in the mid-2000s. And then, you know, it even had to stop 
now because of the pandemic? What's kind of things that you're looking at or pain points that you guys may have seen? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think the big kind of pain point really for our, our clients is kind of understanding that we're in this environment. And, you know, if we look out a year or two years out, I, you know, we honestly don't see it changing. Um, you know, and I think that we have to understand that this is, you know, we're kind of in this for the foreseeable future. And, you know, it's good news, bad news. I mean, you know, the good news is that rates are incredibly low. So, you know, we really work with our clients to basically ask them, is it worth losing the house over $50,000? What does $50,000 mean in the form of a monthly payment? $50,000 means $200 a month. So, you know, if you're looking at a home and it's a decision as to whether or not you're going to be successful in getting the home or not, the price of the home becomes much more emotional than the practical side of the actual cost side of the equation. You know, rates are back in the twos um, on purchase money mortgages. At the low point, just to give you a baseline, you know, we had clients borrowing money for 30 years at two and a quarter, 2.375%. And, you know, they have gone up. But as we sit here today, you know, they're in the upper twos for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. And the products themselves have arguably never been more advantageous for home buyers. And that's true up and down the spectrum. You know, there's this great kind of misunderstanding that, you know, I shouldn't buy a home unless I have 20% to put down. And that is a very large fallacy. You know, I think consumers really need to be focused on what is my monthly payment? You know, what is my monthly payment? And am I comfortable with it? And as long as they're not speculating on the asset and they're buying it for their personal use, this, you know, this demand side is we're, we're definitely in this for the foreseeable future. And rates appear to be pretty stable. And I think they'll continue to edge up. But, you know, every indication from the federal government is they are going to keep rates relatively low. Um, and the other thing that we're battling, Charlotte, and consumers need to kind of keep this in the back of their mind as well. You know, there's been a very large arbitrage since the financial crisis. And that arbitrage has been that the cost to build a home new has been reasonably more expensive than what you could buy a resale for. So if I could find, you know, two kind of, you know, I'm going to call it like kind exchange homes, you know, a new construction home may come with a 25%, 30% premium attached to it because the cost to build, the cost to construct was, I, I would refer to as kind of reasonably greater than what a willing seller was, you know, willing to sell their house for and what the market frankly demanded for their home. You know, if anything, I would tell you that this cycle that we're in is starting to narrow that gap. You know, you're starting to see the resales edge up and that's natural. There has been so much liquidity pumped into our economy. There's ultimately going to be inflation. And, you know, and in, in generally in an inflationary environment, you want to flock towards hard assets. And the home is a hard asset that hopefully should hold value. Something you mentioned earlier is that you launched your business, Mortgage Country, at the onset of all of this, not even knowing, you know, how people would feel about their houses in the future, in the very near future with a pandemic, you know, looming. But how has this journey been for you? You seem very optimistic and, you know, only good things ahead. Yeah, you know, um, you know, it's a great time to be in this industry. And it's it's been a great time to be in this industry for the last 10 years. You know, we've been very, very, very bullish on, frankly, helping consumers get into homes. Um, and I will say that, you know, when I set out to 
launch mortgage country. It's certainly, you know, I, I, you know, fortunately I did not have a crystal ball and I, I did not see this coming because maybe I would have paused. You know, when you talk about, you know, standing up a, a lending institution regulated by a bunch of departments of, of, of banking and insurances and needing a bunch of state licenses and needing to be able to go borrow a bunch of money to be able to lend a bunch of money, you know, there's great uncertainty in that and there's great risk in that. So, you know, fortunately, when we set out to get Mortgage Country off the ground, it was with all of the right intentions. And those intentions were that as long as I've been in this industry, I've never seen such a large widening gap in fulfilling really what I would call a core consumer need, which is driving down the cost of obtaining a mortgage. If you go back to the, you know, pre-financial crisis, our industry was, you know, really partially controlled by large financial institutions. And now it's largely controlled by independent mortgage bankers, no different than mortgage country. You know, the big difference for us is that our cost structure is just radically different than these very large independent mortgage banking institutions. And we really set out to drive down, you know, what we call our cost of customer acquisition and return those savings to consumers. And that really does come in the form of fees and it comes in the form of rate. Um, and that, and, and we plan to do that in really utilizing state-of-the-art technology. You know, it, it was really neat to be able to build something from the ground up and not be stuck with legacy platforms, legacy technology, trying to get it off the ground while you're trying to operate a business. You know, it was really starting from the ground up with all of the right intentions of, of recognizing that our industry has gotten way too expensive cons for consumers and consumers do not know where to go to get mortgages. I sincerely mean that. They look at the advertisements, advertisements on television, and they think that's the place I should go. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that, I'm going to call it 10 times out of 10, those institutions are the most expensive institutions to do business with because they're spending a lot of money on marketing and advertising. And you know those recommendations and referrals that they're getting from the real estate agents and those real estate agents you know, often have some vested interest in the mortgage company also expensive because, you know, it's a captive audience. So consumers really don't know where to go. Um, and, you know, we're really excited about what we're doing, which is leveraging a, a technology forward platform, you know, really operating in a very efficient way and really returning those savings back to consumers and seeing, you know, really kind of recognizing the polarizing difference in what we like to call kind of the best in market product um, in the markets that we're looking to operate in. As a last question, I really like how you kept um, bringing up the housing burst, I guess, right, in the mid-2000s and what kind of happened with that recession and how right now is so different. And I think that's an important part for people to remember. So as a last question, what's just like some last general advice for people who are thinking about this housing boom right now and thinking about what's ahead, either buying or selling? Yeah, I mean, so on the selling side, I would say it's easy. On the selling side, you're going to get top dollar. I would tell sellers, you know, the very best thing sellers can do is to price their home correctly and allow, you know, multiple buyers to help elevate that price up. You know, I had um, a real estate agent real recently came to me and asked and said, you know, I'm thinking about listing my home in like September, October timeframe, but I feel like the market's so hot. What do you, what do you think? And kind of chuckled and said, you know, I'm a lender, um, but I will tell you what I think. And, you know, what I think is that, you know, there's this demand's not going to slow down for the foreseeable future. I think sellers should look to put their homes on the market on when they want to sell. And I think they need to be prepared on what's on the other side of the equation. 
but I, but I will say that, you know, we see so many clients given the rate environment, you know what, they're okay with both sides of the equation. They're very happy to sell and that's helpful to the economy. It's helpful to the, the pent up demand of buyers out there. So I'd encourage sellers, if you're thinking about it, you know, talk to a good agent and just get your house on the market. Um, and on the buying side, it's not get frustrated with the process. You know, it's to remove the emotional component. It's also not to settle. You know, buying a home is a major, major, major investment. And I would say that for all of our clients, you know, one piece of advice that we give and I would share with this audience is that, you know, I would always tell every buyer, accept a slightly higher payment and keep more money on the sidelines. You know, for the buyer that wants to stretch and get their payment down to $2,000 a month, guess what? Maybe accept a payment of $2,100 or $2,200. Frankly, and I'll use a $2,200 example. Accept the payment of $2,200 and keep an extra $50,000 in the bank. I can tell you it's much easier to earn an extra $200 a month than it is to save an extra $50,000 a year. And, um, and you know, it, it is such an incredibly favorable time to borrow money. You know, products are readily accessible. I think the other item that I would recommend to buyers is be ready to buy. So, you know, when I look at our clients that have been highly successful, they've come to us ahead of time and said, can we close in 15 days? Can we close in three weeks? Are we going to ask for something that you guys aren't going to be able to deliver in on? Generally speaking, you know, sellers, if no one's in the home, the seller wants to sell the house. So if you can walk in with an offer that has shorter duration associated with it, that's attractive to sellers. Or if you have sellers who may need to find another house, you know, giving sellers what they want can really help buyers be successful. So understanding kind of what the circumstances are for the seller can very much help the success of the buyer. And I think there's a little bit of a give and take there. And you got to work with your agents and understand kind of what the needs are. And I would say the last piece I would also add is that there's great long-term interest rate lock programs out there. Don't be scared to say, you know what, I'm going to buy a house in the next six months or nine months. And you know, I'm fearful that rates could be higher. Talk to us about long-term rate locks. You really don't even need to have a property in mind to be able to you know, lock down an interest rate for the next 12 months. And there's not much conversation in our market about that. So we have a client who's really dead set and committed on buying a home over the next year. You know, We're having good, healthy conversations as to whether or not it makes sense, frankly, to consider a long-term rate lock, possibly even without a property um, being identified. Um, so those are conversations that we're absolutely having. And it's never too early to be prepared in the home buying process. Um, you know, some clients, you know, will say, think about buying a house in nine months from now. Is it too early? It really is never too early to start the process and start to understand it. Um, and definitely wrap your hands firmly, firmly around two things, how much cash you're willing to part with and what you're comfortable paying each month. Because um, in all likelihood, you will likely be qualified for more than you're comfortable spending. Those are great tips. Thank you so much for talking with me today and breaking down what's going on in the housing market right now. Well, Charlotte, it's my pleasure. And, uh, you know, anything we can do to help, um, you know, our local consumers and clients, you know, we'd be happy to do so. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Charlotte Reese, and we'll have another episode out soon.